Blog Talk Radio. There's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an Asian, see how many Asians you can find in American prisons. They ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prison will be black because you don't, blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks won't practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourselves up. I told that five-story building, you're setting yourself to get wiped out. Understand the nature of race, which is economics. If you, if you build the first floor, it's economic. Build your businesses and your industries. Control buildings and industry, and put that pools in your money. And hold that money. And, it's a, and practice group economics <clears throat> with it. Arab and Asian money bounces 12 or 13 times for at least. Jewish money bounces 18 times. Black folk got to learn how to practice group economics. Black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community. Then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. You then take that money on the first floor and you control your politics. Black folk must quit allowing people to tell them to go out and vote. Vote for what? Nobody's going to do anything for black folk in politics. Politics is controlled by money. Major corporations who got the money. That's what controls politics. If you have no money, you have no say-so, you have no benefits coming. So you take your money and you control and you take your money on the first floor, you buy every politician on the second floor. And any politician you can't buy, you rent or lease them to get what you need. Then once you get the second floor under control with the politician, with your money, then you go to the third floor. The third floor is then is the police department and the court system. You take your money from the first floor and your politics on the second floor and you control the court system and the police department. Then the fourth floor, you t- the fourth floor then is media. You then take the money that you generate off the first floor from business and industries <clears throat> and you go after radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, and cable systems so that you can now inform and communicate with your own people. Right now, <clears throat> black folk only control less than 35 thousandths of 1% of the media in the United States. Out of 12,000 radio stations, black folk own about something like about 75 or 80. That's all. You own no cable systems. You don't have a daily newspaper. You have nothing of importance. You don't. You got about one black TV station. And you, so you can't communicate with your people. You can't inform your people. You can't do anything. You can have Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of the guys talking about racism all day long and bad-mouthing you and O'Reilly. They can talk, call black folk all kind of names all day long. What are you going to do? You can't respond. You can't even communicate with your own people because you, you don't have an economic base. 51% of all the prisons in the United States are black people. You know, even though you only make up 12% of the population. That's no accident. It's because you don't control the economics and the politics. And they're going to go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate them. That's the black folk. And what are you going to do in response to them when they, when they, when they over incarcerate you? You're going to go out and have a march, a demonstration. We're going to march. March for what? Who cares? Marches they never changed anything. And now, an exclusive first look at the upcoming documentary, 7 a.m. Because true economic science is a branch of military science. War and money go hand in hand. Most wars are fights so people can make more money, and war is money. That means what? That the European American is not about to prepare black children to compete with his children for control of the economic sector. It's not going to happen. So if black people want this science, we got to teach it, we got to study it, and we're going to have to make some mistakes in perfecting it because we're still babies in the water of global economic commerce. As African people, we are financially illiterate. So we should not be surprised that we're so economically backward because we were never taught how to be economically forward. 
Our education in America has not provided or prepared us to be able to compete with Europeans economically. The historically black college was designed to do what? Teach you how to work for white people. Public schools, charter schools, parochial schools, independent schools. What is the purpose of education in America for black children right now? To teach them how to make a living working for white people. But I don't want the kids coming to my school to be going to class thinking that I'm learning this so I can go and get paid by a white person. They're going to be empowered to start their own business. When they leave that school, they're going to go into business. And why do we need our people to be self-sufficient? Because when you're not self-sufficient, you can't speak your mind. One of the biggest reasons why black people have been so cowardly in the post-civil rights movement, not standing up for ourselves, standing up for our children, standing up against police brutality, we're scared to lose our jobs. We have to work. We got kids. I can't talk about the racism on my job. I might lose it. So the reason why we're not speaking our mind is because we don't have economic freedom. As Mr. Garvey said, Marcus Garvey said, that a solid racial program must be built on a solid economic foundation. Show me your economic condition, and I'll show me your political condition. The political economy of the black community rests on the premise that because they do not make their own money, they are enslaved to Europeans. And as a result of that, they will never be able to do what needs to be done to carve out a future for their children because the hand that pays is also the hand that rules them. All right, today on It's My House, uh, we shall be discussing... Uh, I think, matter of fact, I know, to be a benefit to anybody just for self-improvement in anything in life, starting with you, would be uh, if you don't know how to play chess, learn how to play chess, and then to really get into it and sharpen your like say improve yourself as a human being play blindfold chess also known as blind chess this is where uh, people uh, literally put on a blindfold and play the game of chess I mean you you really have to know the board well Um, and as I stated before with chess the board it's sort of like a reflection of life. It's knowing the landscape that you're around. Um, so that's what we're going to share with you today, blindfold chess. Um, I never played it, but I will, hopefully within the next 12 months or so, uh, do that. Um, in any event, so before we play our audios on that and go more into it, I'm trying to line up something for you guys right here if I can find it. Because um, we're going to... Oh, here we are. We'll be back in a few minutes to start with Blindfold Chess.
The Queen, Q. The Rook, R. The Bishop, B. The Knight, N. Pawn has no short writing. To say move, you should name a chess piece and the square to which it goes. For example, E4, E5, F4, Bishop C5, F takes E, a mistake. Queen H4, check, and a good move. King E2, a blunder. Queen takes E4, checkmate. The second step to playing blindfold chess. You must know by heart the chessboard. Therefore, your homework will be as follows. Explore the chessboard, crossing it files and ranks and diagonals. Remember color of the chess square. Tell without looking at the chessboard the color of the next squares. B2 D5 E1 F7 H4 Test yourself. The next task. What are the intersection of the diagonal A3, F8 and file D? And what are the intersection of the diagonal B8, H2 and rank 4? Test yourself. You have to come up with similar task for training. So you have learned the basics of a blindfold chess. About other ways of learning to play blindfold chess, we will talk in the next lessons. Thank you for your attention. Okay, we're playing some audios here on the uh, on the game that uh, I'm looking forward to. It's going to be a while. <laughs> uh, but hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, blindfold chess. I know how to play chess. I know how to play chess. However, one thing I, I mean that I'm gonna have to learn is I, I the board. Okay, I have to learn that board. Uh, I gotta know it cold, and I gotta know it. I gotta visualize it because essentially, the, what I like about the concept of blindfold chess, like I said. You can apply the prince, the fundamentals of blindfold chess to anything in life, particularly when it comes to problem solving. All right, and like I said, the first step you need to know is you have to know the board. Uh, and we're going to go over the board here in a moment. Uh, but here's some more audio on blindfold chess. Like I said, my goal, I got a goal of learning to play blindfolded by the end of the year, uh, this year. name is Alexander Chess. I am eight years old. My passion is to teach chess to blind people. I am sorry that I cannot attend the ceremony today because I am at Saratoga attending state, the state chess tournament. Today I am going to teach blindfold chess to teachers of blind students. First, you need to know the board by heart. You will need to know the coordinates of each square. 
The vertical columns of squares called files correspond to the letters A to H. The the horizontal rows of squares called ranks are numbered 1 to 8. Next, you need to know which squares are light and which ones are dark. For example, in the, in the files A, C, E, and G, dark squares are odd numbers. For example, A1, A3, A5, and A7 are dark squares. In the files B, D, F, and H, dark squares are even numbers. For example, B2, B4, and B6, and B8 are dark squares. The third step is to... Ex the rest of the squares are light squares. The third step is to know the color of every diagonal. For example, B8 is a dark square. All squares in that diagonal. D7, D6, E5, F4, G3, and H2 are dark squares. The square in the opposite diagonal, A7, is also a dark square. The fourth step is to know the intersecting square of a diagonal and a rank or file. For example, the intersecting square of the A7 diagonal and the third rank is E3. The second part is to practice mental peace movement. Let me show you an example of night movement. Starting from its original position, mentally move the knight to the opposite side of the board. For example, C3, B5, F6, G8. Then return that to the opposite side using different squares. E7, C6, D4, E2, C1. Next, place the knight in a random square and attempt to reach another square of your choice. Let's place your, your knight on D5, D5. Now, mentally move the knight to the E7 square. B6, C8, E7. This one is challenging at first, but in time you'll be able to move the knight from one square to another designated square all in your mind. This is the end of, of the first lesson. At the next lesson, we are going to discuss more about mental peace movement. Okay, we're talking about blind chess today and how you can use uh, the, fun, the principles of blind chess, or also known as blindfold chess, how you can apply it to anything in life. Let me, before I play the next audio, let me... Um, and you can read this online. I'm on Wikipedia. Blindfold chess. Blindfold chess uh, is a form of chess play wherein uh, the players do not see the positions of the pieces or touch them. This forces the player to maintain a mental model of the positions of the pieces. Moves are communicated via recognized chess notation. Blindfold chess was considered uh, miraculous for centuries, but now there are greater recognition of people who can keep track of more than one uh, of more than one simultaneously blindfolded game. In simultaneous blindfold play, uh, an intermediary, intermediary usually relays uh, moves between players. Now, we've probably seen, and you can see this on YouTube, 
There are people, there are a bunch of people, including myself, you can play multiple chess games with different people all at the same time. Often, I'll go online and play the computer or play different people. I might play, I might have five games going with five different people, but I'm seeing the board. Okay. Blind chess, you have to know the board. You have to know the board so well, you've got a mental picture. Because each, each quadrant or each square on the board is a designated number. All right? And you have to know your side of the board. You have to know your opponent's side of the board. You have to know how to communicate. You've got to visualize in your mind how to catch your uh, players. And you got to remember this stuff as you're playing the game. And remember, you know, as we talked about last week, after about four moves, there's a, a, a possibility of maybe 400 moves that you can make or 200 moves you can make. In a normal game, you might have up to 70,000 opportunities. You're not going to make 71,000 moves. But in your mind, you're going to have to realize you're going to have probably 70,000 opportunities to win or and lose. So it, it's, it, 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 it puts everything on a mental thing. Now, what, what does blind chess have to do with everyday daily living? Well, let's relate it to some of these trending stories that have come across the news. Uh, let's take, for instance, um, uh, some of these high-profile homicides of black men in the United States. And my, it's my house opinion. If a person, even without playing blindfold chess, if you know the principles of chess and apply them to your daily life and see how there's a mirror there, at least that's how I'm looking at it, then, like I say, the first step before you even put players, player pieces on the board, before you put the knights, the rooks, the bishops, the queens, all that on the board, you've got to know the landscape. And my, it's my house opinion, a lot of these black men who were victims of homicide didn't know the landscape. Mike Brown, in my opinion, didn't know the landscape of Ferguson. I'm not talking about where this local McDonald's or where is, you know, the, the local Walmart uh, or the public library is. I'm talking about the and all that you can say is included, but I'm talking about looking at the landscape of Ferguson or any particular town that you're physically in geograph or on a geographic area. Matter of fact, let me relate it to something that um, one of our callers, listeners, uh, Connie mentioned, I believe last week, either last week or the week before. The players on the set, the and let me remember I think as he told it. The rooks, you can say represent the court and the legal system. The knights represent, let's say, law enforcement or military. Uh the bishops represent 
the religious community. The king and queen, let's say, government, they're all working together. They're all connected. And then the pawns are Joe Blow. All right? Now, Joe or Josephine Blow. So Joe or Josephine Blow can make it to the other side of the board. Then they can become a knight, rook, king, or what have you. So you need to, so going back to relating this to the high-profile homicides, you have to know the landscape. And if you don't know the landscape, in this case, police department work in Ferguson or New York City, in the case of Eric Gardner. How does, and I'm talking about detail. How does this person become hired? How does this person become a police chief? What are the politics? What's the lobbyist? Um, councilman, alderman, how does this particular agency work? How does the sheriff? department work. How does this sheriff become the sheriff? That's all part of knowing the landscape of how things work on a governmental level, and you may as well get into the private level too, but that's all knowing the landscape. In my opinion, some people, you know, you really might need to move to another Location. I'll use myself for example. <clears throat> I have a house in Washington D.C. I was somebody attempted house, but they housejacked me. They weren't successful with it, but it wasn't. It's, it was expensive lesson for me. Okay. Now, in the process, I found out by learning more about. First thing I realized this: that the person who hijacked me, I mean, housejacked me knew more about the landscape, mental landscape of Washington, D.C., than I did. And they used that little bit of knowledge. They had me up at night and stressed me out for like two, three years. Now, now I can handle 200 of those people, give me a paralegal or two, and I can handle 200 of that same type of person with ease and sleep at night. But at that time, I didn't know, I didn't know what I should have known, and a little bit of knowledge that they did have, to me, it seemed gigantic. But they knew a little bit more about the landscape than I did. Thing I didn't know there was a housing court in DC. It was only like two years old at the time, but I didn't know anything about it until I was up in it. All right, and then that's another year of your life with money. But so you you need to know, like, say, in the case of Mike Brown, Eric Gardner, or if you're dealing with family court, um, a dog that takes your dog that might take a dump in somebody your neighbor's yard, you need to know the landscape. Now, in some places, like. Let's shift to Philadelphia where the Starbucks debacle happened. Maybe you need to find, and I'm not particularly talking about the two gentlemen that, you know, did whatever happened with that, got arrested. But there might be some places in the country where, you know, the landscape is more beneficial 
to you. Going back to me, I found out, you know what, me and big urban areas don't mix for nothing business. For social, you know, I, I can see some social value of it, meeting some friends, going to dinner, hanging out, going to the theater, in a big city, D.C., New York, Chicago, Miami, Los Angeles, San Francisco, it works. I can do that on a social basis temporarily. Now, I can get in, do the weekend, maybe do a week at a hotel or two, but then do business or live, I've got to go rural. Because just the landscape in a rural situation is less regulation, uh, less government regulation, um, different type of mindset, different type of people. So on a business level, you know, rule works for me. And I don't have any problem going back between those two worlds. All right. For some people that live in Chicago or Detroit, uh, like the whole tep crowd, uh, the white, the people that believe in white supremacy and and all that, you know what? Living in Chicago, um, you know what that that might that landscape, if it hasn't been working for you, all right, it might work for you if you decide to move to Bangor, Maine, Nome, Alaska, or Bumfuck, Iowa. Seriously. You need to find that's part of knowing the landscape. What if you live let's say you lived in uh San Antonio, Texas, and you have been incarcerated five, ten or more times. San Antonio, the landscape of San first thing, more than likely you don't know the landscape of San Antonio. That's number one. And then let's say let's say you decide to learn the landscape of San Antonio. It, San Antonio might work for you. You won't get locked up no more in San Antonio. Whereas with some people, after they, if they're patient enough to, to learn the landscape of San Antonio, you know, how the court system works, how the police system works, how the school system works, et cetera, et cetera, you might decide, you know what, San Antonio really doesn't work for me. Too many people here, too many rules and regulations. If you move to Tulia, Texas, or someplace like that, that might work for you. All right. So with blindfold chess, uh, you're playing the game, not looking at the board at all. And like I said, if, I think that's a good life skill that you can apply um, to anything. Let's go to our next. The audio on Hi guys, this is Louis Holtzhausen from ChessFox.com and in this video I will demonstrate how you can improve your visualization skill with the unique and visual training method used in the VisualWise program. Just before I continue, you should know that below this video you will find a link where you can download a set of free VisualWise exercises. I give them away for free because I want you to see for yourself how powerful and effective the VisualWise training method is. Now if you feel that you are still making too many blunders in your games, or if you find that you are often calculating the same move 
over and over again just to be sure you didn't miss something, then that is definitely a sign that you need to improve your visualization skill. In fact, visualization skill is one of the most important skills a chess player should have because since you are not allowed to move the pieces on the board when you are thinking, you have to be able to visualize those moves in your mind. And you need to be confident in your ability to do so, because if you aren't, you will constantly doubt yourself. And it is this doubt that could cause you to make a mistake that loses the game right away. So to help you get confident in your ability to visualize the moves in your mind, you can absolutely rely on the training method I use in the VisualWise program. Because the training method is designed to specifically improve your visualization skill. And the reason why it works so well is because the exercises simulate the actual visualization process that you would use in a real game. The best way to experience how this training method works is to look at an example. So here on the screen, we have a position where it's white's turn to move. You will see the instruction below the diagram tells you to take a moment to familiarize yourself with the position. We want to simulate the situation you are in during an actual game. And if this was your game, you would be aware of what's happening on the board. So that's why you need to take a moment to have a look. Once you've familiarized yourself with the position, you can go to the next page. And here an arrow appears on the board that shows you the move white played in this position. Visualize this move in your mind and imagine the queen is now on e6 where she just captured the pawn. If you've got that, then you can go to the next page, where the arrow shows you that the black rook moved to e7, obviously attacking white's queen. So now you need to visualize these two moves in your mind, and when you go to the next page, the instruction tells you to visualize those moves and try to find the best move for white in that position. And if you need to see the moves again, you can just go back and see that white played queen takes e6, and then black moved the rook to e7. You can pause the video here if you want to try find the best move in that position. Once you know what you would have done, you can go to the next page to see the solution. And by the way, the original position will always be displayed on the diagram on the left, whereas the solution will be shown on the right. And here you can see the solution move is to play queen takes rook. Below the diagram will also be an explanation of the solution move. And the point here is that if black plays bishop takes queen, then white can play bishop takes e5 check, which forks the black queen and king, and in the process, white wins a rook for a bishop. Now this was an example from level 1, and the purpose of level 1 exercises is to help you master the basics of visualization. But the visualize program goes up to level 4, whereas on level 1 you had to visualize only 2 moves, on level 4 you will be required to visualize up to 8 moves ahead, at which point your visualization skill will be really very good. And, when you can do this, you will have a big advantage over any opponent who can't do it. I hope you enjoyed this exercise, and remember below this video is a link where you can download a few more. I'm sure you will be amazed to see how much your visualization skill can improve in a surprisingly short amount of time, with the help of VisualWise. So give it a try, and thanks for watching. Cheers. Okay, now let's re once again, you need to, you have to know the landscape of wherever you're at in life, geographically, as well as the landscape of any situation. I'll use myself as an example here. One night, I was, oh, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, between 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. 
and I was uh, on a dirt road um, in the middle of nowhere here in Florida. Now I was actually, well, nobody's out here because if you turned on the lights on the road I was on, you couldn't even see the front of your hand. So anyway, I, you know, two, after 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm figuring nobody's out here. Shit, I can see. <laughs> that's what I did. I figured, you know, nobody's out, you know, no state troopers are out here. Oh, well. Sooner or later, what happened was a bright light coming from the opposite direction of me on the other side of the road. Uh, the lights went on. I got I got busted. And by the time, you know, they got to my window, I had the license, registration, insurance thing. I just had the window down. Just handed to, I was on his two left shoes. But uh, I knew the landscape. And on top of that, I wasn't going to be talking no kind of shit to no law enforcement agents in the middle of nowhere at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because I know as part of that landscape, the officer wants to go home, and I was on my way home. So I wasn't talking no kind of shit or starting to talk no kind of shit, which some people do when they get pulled over. You think you're in the right now. I was wrong in my case. I was wrong, 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 wrong. I was speaking. But but even if you think you have been pulled over for no just reason, don't attempt to hold court on a student highway. That's knowing part of the landscape. Because in the chess game of life, we are personally responsible for keeping our asses alive on an individual basis. There's no government program designed to keep you alive. Your parents can't keep you alive with this still around. No, your loved ones can't. You are 100% responsible for keeping yourself alive. Let's, let's relate this to a, a high-profile homicide case. Now, in the case of Trayvon Martin, we don't know what happened, what really happened between him and Zimmer, other than the outcome. We don't know if Trayvon, it doesn't sound like, matter of fact, that those two knew each other until they met that night. So, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking on this one. I've been in the situations where I've been threatened. But I typically don't say anything. I let them vent. And I don't get into a pissing contest because you don't know what that person is physically capable of doing and if they have a, a weapon on them. Just let them blow off steam and go. With the Trayvon Murray thing, like I said, I'm just Monday morning quarterbacking. That situation could have gone 70,000 different ways than the way it went based on the board game of chess. All right. Zimmerman, I mean, because I'm looking at I'm looking at Zimmerman the cowboy. Who in the hell on on a neighborhood watch carries a loaded gun with him? Well, obviously Zimmerman did, but Martin didn't do that. 
So essentially, when a stranger approaches me, and we don't know how how Zimmerman approached them, we don't we don't know that exchange. If a person approaches me, and I don't, and they have in the past, I essentially I go into social capital mode instantaneously. I'm making a new friend. Instantaneously, and I've I've run into situations where people have had guns. I I saw the gun right there. I mean, it wasn't you know aimed towards me or nothing, but still, social capital mode. So in the board game of chess, and right before we go to calls here, um, and well, I see the. Before you even get into the pieces, you need to learn a board. And that's why my goal by the end of this year is to know the chess board. Blindfolded. Uh, a chess board is a type of checkerboard used to play uh, board, the board game chess. It consists of 64 squares, eight rows and eight columns. The squares are arranged in two alternating colors, light and dark. Wooden boards may uh, naturally uh, be may use naturally light or dark brown woods, while plastic boards and vinyl boards often use brown and green uh, for the dark squares and shades uh, above or cream for the light squares. Uh, let's see. Uh, the chessboard diagram with algebraic notation generally is used right here. So at the bottom of the board on both sides, uh, you got. Rows A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. And then going up, you got 1 to 8. So you got, you know, you got your rooks on, one rook on um, 1A, the other, the other rook starting out the game on 1H. And as you move these to... Let's say um, uh, H H three. You know you got to you got to know on the board, and then you, you got to be you got to be accurate, just like you don't even have blindfold on. You, you have to know the landscape to move, to make the legal moves, and that's very important term because in chess each. Each piece has can only move in a certain way legally. When they're capturing pieces, there's certain ways they can catch catch um a capture another piece legally. You go outside of those rules. Same thing in life. Same thing in life, like I said, life is a chess game. Every situation has a landscape. Every problem has a landscape. Every impossible situation that appears to be impossible has a landscape. Every geographic area has a landscape. The first step of victory and it might take several steps, several choices, based on several options. You have got 
still learn the landscape first. And you know what? It might, if you could learn a landscape in a day, for some people, depending on the landscape you're looking at, or it could take you a few years to learn how the landscape of that particular geographical area, governmental entity, uh, municipality, whatever it might be, some time to learn it. In regards to the Kanye West statement, 400 years. Well, we got a lot of different people doing a lot of different eras with so many different scenarios that we can't even fathom it. And no matter where they are, they some people don't even realize there's a landscape. And then they make a move too soon or the move's illegal and they get canceled out because the paw gets swiped right up off the board. In the chess game, the pawns that make it over to the other side of the board without getting captured and, are, you know, you can convert them into a knight, queen, pawn, uh, a rook, all right, in life, that's us. But because we knew the landscape. But the pawns that don't know the landscape get wiped out the board and they get wiped off early. Blind chess Edwards was talking about today on It's My House. 619-768-2945 is the call in live screen number. Let's go to the uh, phone lines here. 407, your mic is open. Uh, good morning, LA. Good morning. Um, I don't think I pressed one, but um, I'm listening today. Thank you. Oh well, you had you did because that's why I pressed. <laughs> that's why I put you uh, through. But anyway, all right, you're just listening. Um, in any event, so I recommend people who, if you know how to play chess already, um, look into playing blind chess. I know how to play chess already, but I don't know by memory the chess board, particularly if I even attempt to do it blindly. So I'm, I'm, I put a goal on myself by the end of this year. I know the board uh, code, and I can play blind chess. And like I said, you can apply that same principle to life. You know, learn the landscape, uh, whatever geographical situation that you're looking at or whatever the landscape or whatever particular problem uh, that you're um, that you might be faced with and um, we're going to be bringing on people I'm going to track somebody down that has actually played blind chest on on future podcasts on um on here as, as well as uh, playing a chess game. So, other than that, all right, we ought to, nobody else has their hand up today. So, um, we're going to short circuit the podcast. Well, we're almost out of time anyway uh, for today, but I recommend look up the, um, look up on YouTube and look up online Blind Chess, how it's played. And hopefully you can see the value of it, and then we'll give you more information on it 
as well as to give you opportunities to play blind chess if you're up for it um, later this year. On that note, everyone have a good rest of the day. <laughs>